Okay, so Baruch Hashem, we're, uh, we're being hosted by Rav Yanki here. This is a new, this is a new for the Chabura that we're in Saddle Ridge. There's a whole new... Oh. Yeah, that's not the song for the night. <laughs> maybe, maybe next week. But um, <clears throat> as I've said in the past, uh, some, some have heard, some have not heard, the, the way that this Chabura goes, um, sometimes there's a certain song that I hear that I say this, this connects to the Parsha and then... And then, the, and then later the Torah builds from the song. Sometimes the Torah comes down and then we have to find the song. Each one has its uh, difficulty. This week I was talking to uh, actually Aryeh Schneider. He's not here tonight, but I was talking to him on Sunday and he was mentioning to me a Torah in Rabbi Nachman. He knows that I like, you know, Lukut Imran. And um, only Moshe got that joke. Anyway, so he was mentioning it to me about Torah Chaf and it got my mind spinning. And I said, this is it. This is going to be the Torah for the Thursday night Chabura. And then today, Baruch Hashem, we found the niggin, Momo and myself, we found the niggin that works. It's a different style than, uh, than we're used to. But it's a song, I don't know if anybody's heard of him. His name is Yossi. Now, the last name I can't pronounce properly, so if he ever listens, Radel. Radel, I heard his, his, uh, his message on the, uh, his answering. I, I think it's like Rodal. Rodal, that's like an American. He's, I think he's Italian, actually. He sings in English, don't worry. But uh, I'm just going to read to you, before we sing, before we hear this song, and people have the words. No, he's Lombardich. Italian. Also not Sephardic, whatever they are, they're Italian. They're their own sect. So I'm just going to read to you what he, what he writes about this song. And then the song, Sam sent out the words to the chat, so you can see the words, it's important as always. I'll read this, we'll listen to the song, and then we'll speak a little bit about it. And then again, at the end, we listen to the song again to try to have a deeper, you know, in, uh, intent in the, to the song. So he writes like this. He says, in 2006, after battling with cancer for six short months, my younger sister, Razie, passed away at the tender age of 10 years old. I was 12. To help me navigate the inner feelings of pain, I started writing and composing. I had a lot of questions. Time doesn't heal. It just dries your tears. After 13 years, I went to therapy and I finally managed to confront my 12-year-old self and let him know that it's okay to accept that we don't understand that you will never heal if you're looking to find the reason. You just can't see it now. A major step in healing is acceptance. It took me 10 years to go visit my sister's grave. I thought if I denied it, she wouldn't die. But really, once I was able to let go, I gave her new life. I learned how humans are incredibly fragile, yet resilient. We all have traumas, but we make the choice to pick ourselves up. I learned the difference between having depression and being depressed. Six months ago, my own baby, Razie, was born. Dry tears is my story. It's the story I still travel every day. I hope that by sharing it, I can help you relate to your inner 12-year-old and tell them that you are allowed to start healing. So this song, based on what we just read, you're going to hear a different style. You, you, you're imagining in your head what the song is going to sound like. It's not going to be anything like, like you think. So when Yankee does come back in here, he, he wrote that. This song, he wrote that. It's, it's. I saw the it intro. in. Is the Torah? Okay, he wrote this in like the YouTube on the bottom. Oh, okay. So now, so now but the song. So. I tried. I. I I tried calling him today. I spoke to him today for a minute, but I didn't get to speak to him for longer. 
Okay, you so called him? You, you have a shaykhus with him? No, we found his number and I, and I just called him. How did you him. find his number? I don't ask Momo. He's a, I think he's I think he's a shaliach in San Diego. He told us in San Diego. So we're gonna listen to the song. I'll make it loud so everybody can hear it. If you need the words, make it loud. Yeah. I don't feel the light When I'm hurt, I cry Cause I can't see the why I know you can't hear me, sister But I wanna hear the answers Discover the lost pieces of my puzzle Why do questions fall like teardrops On an endless stool? Why does the rose they fight too soon? Why am I left with scars and fears? My eyes wide open with dry saw the words the main the main part of the song is I know you can hear me sister but I want to hear the answers discover the lost pieces of my puzzle why do questions fall like teardrops on an endless dune why does the rose take flight too soon why am I left with scars and fears, my eyes wide open with dry tears? So if I, it's pretty obvious what shaykh is this week's parsha. Because Moshe's sister passes away in this week's parsha. Miriam, the Navi, she passes away. And immediately after that, all pandemonium breaks loose. The second Miriam passes away, 
the Be'er Shamirim goes away, the water source of Klai Yisrael and the Midbar goes away, the people are thirsty and they go crazy. They're going to die. So they go gang up against Moshe, like this is not the first, second, third, fourth, or fifth time. They gang up against Moshe. Why'd you take us to the Midbar to die? We remember... This time it wasn't the it wasn't the melons. This time it's the the pomegranates. Uh, every time it's something different with Kali Yisrael. What, what's what, what's the tachlis? If we have no water, we're going to die. So Hashem tells Moshe and Aaron to go speak to the rock. Everybody knows. And from there, get the water. A little bit. So Moshe takes the mata. Moshe takes the staff. And immediately he yells at the people. Everybody knows the Maisa. Shimun Listen up, you rebellious ones. He hits the rock twice. The water comes gushing out. And we know from this Maisa, this was the end of Moshe Rabbeinu. This was the beginning of the end. Because from here, he lost Eretz Yisrael, therefore he had to die. <coughs> so, a few questions come to mind. First of all, just what, what happened here with Moshe Rabbeinu? He like lost himself. Shimunasa Morim is yelling at them. Kodesh Baruch said, speak to the rock and everything will be okay. Why is he yelling at the people? Why did he seem to lose it? More than any other time. According to some of Mepharshim, because he yelled at them, that's why he actually, that was the sin. Also, if you go back to Parshas Beshalach, there's many times when Kalaisot didn't have water, but there was a time that was very similar, not right after Yamsuf, but after they, Moshe sweetened the water, and they got the man, towards in the end of Parshas B'Shalach and Shishi. It's very similar. They didn't have water. They gang up against Moshe. Very, very similar. Moshe says, they're going to kill me. And Hashem says, take the mata and hit the rock. And water will come out. And it did. So why the change? Why over there did Hashem say, hit the rock? And over here he says, speak to the rock. The third question we'll try to get to is something fascinating. This that Miriam died was in the 40th year. This was it. Miriam's going to die, then Aaron's going to die, and then Moshe's going to, then Devarim's going to start, and then Moshe's going to pass away before they go into Eretz Yisrael. The 40th year. Miraglim, Korach, what year was it in? Second, third, second year. We don't know anything about the 38 years in between. Nothing. There's nothing there. Shlach, Korach, 38 years, Chukas. What happened? Where are those 38 years? Marshall We don't know anything about those years. Maybe some of the travels in Parzamasa, we know where the travels are. We don't, know, we don't really know anything that went on. Okay. So we're going to, I'm going to try to be Makatzer without losing the flow, but it, it, to, to explain everything, I don't want to go into too many details. I want to try to get to a, a certain point, but we have to go through a certain mahalach. So to begin to get, to get a Havana in the connection between Miriam and Moshe and what happened by the, by the Meim Riva, by, the, by this water. So there's a Torah Nachman, Torah Chaf. I want to read it. I don't want to read it. I mean, I want to read it, but I'm not sure if we can handle the whole thing. So I'm just going to try to say out some of the pieces. So Rabbi Nachman says, Da. Whenever he says Da, it means pay attention. This is going to, we're going to go deep. He says, you should know that there's a neshama in this world. There's a certain neshama in this world that through it, 
there's a hisgalus, there's a revelation of the explanations of Torah. There's a certain neshama that through it all Torah is revealed and understood. This neshama also has a lot of yisurim. I don't think we're going to get to that part. As it says, pas b'melech tochel, it says in Perki Yavas, pas b'melech tochel, this, the, the Talmud Chacham, the person who's learning, only eats bread and salt. Umayi b'meshura tishta, and a little bit of water, mayim b'meshura, they drink. Kikach darka shel Torah. So this, this neshama also has a lot of yisurim. And all explanations of Torah come through this neshama. This is the neshama, the, the tzaddik. And this neshama is like a fiery coal. Because the only way you're going to speak words of Torah is through fire. Hello, code devari ka'esh. As Hashem, my words are like fire. And when this neshama is no felas, falls, doesn't say dies. When this neshama falls, then the fiery words become cooled off. Then that neshama is nostalgic, it goes away. So first it falls, and then it cools down, and then it goes away. And then when that neshama goes away, all explanations of Torah also go away. Because all of the, of the Be'uri Torah was coming through that neshama. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, when the explanations of Torah, when people can't understand the Torah, then they start to fight with the tzaddikim. <coughs> They're upset. They don't understand what the Torah is saying. They, they argue with the Chachamim. They're saying, you're wrong. Because the, the hasoga to explain Torah is gone for a time being. There's a mariva on the tzaddikim. Because the main machlokas in this world is when there's a lacking of understanding of the Torah. That's what creates machlokas. Of course, every single line here would take time to explain. So it says Rabbi Nachman, this, is the, this, this explanation, this that I'm telling you happened in our parsha, Because they got the Midbar Tzin. In Midbar Tzin, Tzin is a Lashon Mitsunan, cooled off. Because that's where Miriam died. Because Miriam is the Neshama that Sovel Merirus, the Yisurim, Miriam Merirus, and when she died, right, she's the neshama. Mm-hmm. And when she died, the be'er, Miriam went away. Maim is nimshal to Torah. Be'er is a lashon be'er to explain. Mm-hmm. All the explanations of Torah went away. And then what happened? Va'oz, va'yare, va'amed Moshe. And everybody came to fight against the tzaddik Moshe. He couldn't explain Torah. The same way once Miriam passed away. Who would have ever thought that Moshe's Hasaga and Torah was dependent on Miriam? What does that even mean? We're not going to be able to get to all the different parts of this Torah, but let's explain a little bit. I think, again, this is all B'derach Efsher. Where do we see that Miriam is mashpia to Moshe? And therefore, when she goes down, he goes down. At the very beginning. At the very beginning. You want to have something to say? Her prophecy led to his birth. Mm-hmm. And she watched him. Oh. His whole existence on her. So what Yona, mean, what Yona is saying, mm. can I expand on your words? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so the Gemara and Sot and the Medjur says, and everybody knows this. 
is that when Paro said, throw all the boys in the river, in the Nile, so at that moment, Chazal bring down, that Amram, Moshe's father, Miriam's father, Aaron's father, the Godel Hador, he divorced his wife. He said, what's the tachas of having children if Paro's going to throw them in the water? And Miriam, with a little bit of chutzpah, she spoke at her father and she said, you're worse than Paro. A little bit of, she was a little bit of a chutzpah. Miriam is a strong... My oldest daughter is Miriam. It comes with a lot of strength. So she said, you're worse. Why? Three reasons why you're worse. Number one, Paro only said the boys and you're also killing the girls. Two... Paro's only killing them from Olam Hazeh, but you're killing them from Olam Haba. You're not even letting them give him a chance. Which, Agav, you see, I was just thinking today, it's a scary thing, but you see that unfortunately sometimes little babies are taken out of the world. But you see from this measure that they get Olam Haba. Right? What, what did she say to her father? You're take, Paro's taking them out of Olam Hazeh, you're taking them out of, out of Olam Haba. What was this baby going to live? A minute, two minutes, and Paro's going to throw them in the water. Yet to Miriam, they're gonna, they would get Olam Haba. So it's a, it's a chizik. End parentheses. And third, who says Paro's decree is going to be fulfilled? But you, the tzaddik, Amram, the God of Lador, Tati, your, your decree will be fulfilled. So three reasons why you, why'd you divorce mommy. So Amram took the advice of his daughter and he remarried his wife. And that's when Moshe Rabbeinu was born. Moshe Rabbeinu was only alive because what Miriam said. And not only that, we know that Moshe Rabbeinu was in a Sakana because they wanted to throw the baby boys in the water. Everybody knows. So Yocheved packs him up, puts him in the Nile. And the Pasuk says, not a Medjish, the Pasuk says, Miriam waited to see what was going to be with him. She watched. Now that's not spectacular, but what is, is when Moshe Rabbeinu was picked up, when Moshe Rabbeinu was picked up by Basia, and Moshe Rabbeinu would not nurse, and he was crying, he refused to nurse on Basia, Miriam's right there. Says, do you want me to find somebody for you to nurse the baby? We all know. This is Psukim. And Basia says, yes. And we know Miriam goes to take her mother. And Yochavad was Zohar to nurse Moshe Rabbeinu. Why wasn't Moshe Rabbeinu nursing from, ba- uh, from Basia or from the other, you know, Gaisha ladies over there? So Rashi said, I think Rashi's on the spot. Chazal tells. Because Moshe Rabbeinu was going to speak to Kaddish Baruch Hu, And someone who's going to speak to Kaddish Baruch Hu can't, can never have nursed from, from a tummy place. So Moshe Rabbeinu refused. As a baby, he already, had a, he already had that in him. He refused. So because of Miriam, Moshe Rabbeinu was able to speak to a Kaddish Baruch. He was able to speak words of Torah. Because of Miriam. Because she, she got her mother, Yochavid, to nurse him. Rabbi Nachman, remember what Rabbi Nachman said in Torah Chaf? He said that this neshama is explained by the Mishnah, Pasamel Tochel um, Umayim bimishura tishta. Yeah? So, Mayim bishura, if you take the resh out of bishura and you put it into Mayim, it's Miriam. And if you take the resh out of Mishura, it's Moshe. So, it's Miriam Moshe. That's, that's what we're talking about over here. So, you have. In a certain way, Miriam, Miriam, who's the sister of Moshe Rabbeinu, the older sister, 
she's she's like a motherly figure. Like sometimes you have sisters. Now, I don't have any sisters, but I've seen older sisters to younger brothers. Sometimes they act like their mother. And she Kilu gave birth to Moshe Rabbeinu because of what she told her father. And she also got him to be able to speak to Kaddish Baruch Hu by giving that Eitzah. And she's in a certain way, she's a sister, but also it's, I don't want to get into now, but she's also like, like, almost like a wife to Moshe Rabbeinu. Sometimes you have a sister who acts with the, with the brother like a husband and wife situation. In Panemius, Miriam comes from two different places. She comes from Bina and she comes from Malchus. Bina is the mother of Moshe Rabbeinu and Malchus would be the wife of Moshe Rabbeinu. That's, that's for those who understand. For those who don't, we could explain later. So we know that the, the Be'er Miriam or the Be'er Miriam is because of Miriam, obviously. That's what we call it. The Be'er is because of Miriam. Why was she Zoha to that? Yona. Why was she Zoha? Because she watched Moshe by the Nile. Because she stood by the water to watch her brother and she waited there. So therefore all the water in the Midbar was B'schus Miriam. So all of Klal Yisrael was dependent on Miriam. They were all dependent on that bear, <coughs> that water. The Mayim Shel Torah. And all of Bnei Yisrael was Tali and Moshe because he was being Mivair, the Torah, because he was Yonik from Miriam. So therefore he was able to bring down the Torah and explain the Torah. Another lashon of Be'er. And together they, Moshe the men, Miriam the ladies, they led Klal Yisrael. When did, when did the Be'er Miriam start? When was the first time we see the Be'er Miriam? What do you guys think? I was thinking about it today. It's the first time that Moshe hit the rock. So I think, I think that's what it is. I think when Moshe hit the rock in Parshish B'Shalach, the people, there was no water. They complained. Moshe says, they're going to kill me. And Hashem says, take the mata. This is a very interesting lesson. You know, the, can you, you lay in the Pasuk? He says, very interesting words, next words. No, no, that's it. No, that's... <laughs> we'll give you another few seconds. Something like that. Or it's in the middle of the pasta. Kajbo says a few more... Oh. I share a key to both of you. Wow. That he, you used to hit the Nile. That's what a Kaddish Baruch Hu says. Right? Now, the problem is... He didn't hit the Nile. He didn't hit the Nile. Aaron did. Aaron hit the Nile. Yeah. What do you mean a Kaddish Baruch Hu saying hit, that you hit the Nile with? He wasn't allowed to hit the Nile. Why? Because he had to have a Kaddish Tov that the water saved him. Right? Just like he couldn't... By Kinim, he couldn't hit the ground because the ground saved him by covering up the mitzvah that he killed. So what was the Kodesh Baruch Hu saying? Take the mata that you hit the yor with. So Kodesh Baruch Hu was reminding Moshe Rabbeinu, remember back in Mitzrayim when I told you, you couldn't hit the Nile. Why couldn't you hit the Nile? Because you had to have Akar Satov for the Nile saving you. But who really saved you by the Nile? Miriam. Miriam. So when Kodesh Baruch Hu said, take the mata that you hit the yor it was triggering Moshe to remember that the reason why he's here, the reason why he's the leader, why he's alive, the way, why he's going to be able to bring down the Torah is because of his sister Miriam. 
And therefore, that rock that he ended up hitting was B'schus Miriam. That's when the Bear Miriam started. When Moshe Rabbeinu was Makir, that was all B'schus Miriam. Kashbara had to have him understand that. Moshe Rabbeinu, as big as you are, you're also Tali on the Ananasham. And Miriam. After Matan Torah, which was B'schus Ananasham of Miriam, that he was able to bring down the Torah, Moshe was able to speak. Right? Why did he hit the rock the first time? Because he didn't yet have the Koach HaDibur. He still was Kvad Peh, Kvad Lashen. When did he get fixed up? My Matan Torah, Chazal said that. Everybody got fixed up. When he was able to now explain the Torah through the Nisham of Miriam, now he could speak. But before that, in Parsons B'Shalach, he couldn't speak, so Hashem said, hit the rock. He wasn't yet able to speak. Moshe, in a certain way, is Torah Shabbat and Miriam is Torah Shabbat Peh. Because the Be- Torah, Moshe Rabbeinu brings down Torah Shabbat which is very Pashit, Sarasa Dibris, but the only way to understand, to explain that Sarasa Dibris is the Torah Shabbat Peh. Torah Shabbat without Torah Shabbat Peh is, is, is useless in a certain way. One, one without the other. The Koach of Miriam, the Koach of Miriam allows, allows Moshe to explain the Torah. And if the Torah Shabbat Peh dies, then there's a tremendous chisaron in Torah Shabbat If Miriam dies... The Be'ur Shal Torah, the Be'er Miriam, the Be'er Maim Chaim, the Machaim, the Maim of Torah, then Moshe Rabbeinu in a certain way becomes useless. So once Moshe, once Miriam died, Moshe first of all couldn't live anymore. This is the beginning of the downfall because his whole life was dependent on Miriam. So once she died, everything, there was a downfall for Moshe Rabbeinu because she was like his mother giving birth to him. And two, when Moshe Rabbeinu was being Yonik for Miriam, and he was then drawing down Torah and explaining Torah, so then he's had the Koch of speech. And Kodesh Baruch was showing him, so he, says, so he says to Moshe Rabbeinu, okay, so speak to the rock this time. Now that, now that you learned how to speak, you're the big manig, so now speak to the rock. But what happened? He couldn't speak anymore because he lost Miriam. He couldn't speak. So what did he yell out? Shimon Asamorim. That's how Moshe Rabbeinu speaks. He lost his koach of speech. Because when Miriam went away, Shimon Asamorim is? Morim is Miriam. He lost himself. Shimon Asamorim, he was trying to yell Miriam. He always had a speech impediment or something. But it got fixed up by Matan Torah. It got fixed up. And now he lost it again. And then he lost it because Miriam, the reason that he got his speech was fixed up because, because Miriam was, was the Zoch. I can't speak right now. He was Zoch at the Matan Torah because of Miriam. That's how he's able to speak. But when she went down, his speech went down. Shimon Asamorim. And if you look at the if you look at the parshas, if you're a Muslim, I don't want to go into too many Muslim, but if you look at the words in the parsha right here by by the main Mariva, first of all it says Vayarim Moshe, right? he lifted his hand to hit. If you take the Yud Resh Mem of Vayarim and the Mem of Moshe, it's Miriam. Mayim Rabim. Mem Yud Mem Resh Rabim Miriam. And May Mariva is Mem Yud Mei Meriva, Mem Reish, Miriam. So you see that when Miriam died, she was just, she became hidden. It was a histalkus. What once was revealed and he had that koach became hidden. And it would take Moshe Rabbeinu a lot more to reveal that piece of the puzzle, like you sing in the song. 
the piece of his puzzle, Moshe Rabbeinu, he didn't realize how much he was dependent on his sister. <clears throat> so, Moshe Rabbeinu, the Gadol Hador, the Manik Hador, the one who brought down the Torah, the one we live by, he also was Yonik. He needed, he needed his sister Miriam. And when she wasn't there, he went down. So perhaps we could go a little bit weiter for a few more minutes and ask, how did this fiery neshama, the neshama of Miriam, kegachale eish, kodivarai keish, how did it get cooled off, right? Rabbi Nachman says, when this fiery neshama gets cooled off, that's the beginning of the end. How did it get cooled off? So in Sichas Aran, Rabbi Nachman says, I'm not going to read it inside, but he basically says, I didn't prepare it, I just, you know. He says that, that we know, I'd love for Sichas Aran to be read on my back door. <laughs> When there's a chisaron in somebody in, in Klal Yisro, if there's something lacking in someone in Klal Yisro, if somebody's lacking, something's lacking in a Jew, then the Torah is lacking. Why? Because because in the Torah is Nishmas Yisrael. We know that every Jew has an os. Okay, so Rabbi Nachman's saying, I don't have the whole thing here. But if you speak out Lashon Hara against another Jew, you're making chisaron in a Jew. You're making chisaron in the Torah. If you take away a letter in the Torah, what happens to the Torah? One letter is, is etched out of the Torah. What happens? Pasul mamash. So when somebody speaks Lashon Hara about another Jew, he just passed his own Torah. So what happened with Miriam at the end of Parshas Baloscha? She made a big mistake in her madrega, but she spoke lush and horror against her brother Moshe. And if you speak lush and horror about somebody, then that oath gets taken away. The Torah gets taken away. When she spoke lush and horror about Moshe, Moshe Ben was the Torah, she destroyed the Torah. And if the Torah has no kiyom, then the neshama that's giving over the koach to explain the Torah also become, becomes obsolete. Because if there's no Torah Shebechsav, you can't have a Torah Shebechsav. It's the second Miriam spoke Lashon Hara against Moshe, and that destroyed the Os, she destroyed herself. That was the downfall of Miriam. She didn't realize that she was Tali and Moshe. Moshe was dependent on her. Miriam says, I get, only because of me you're alive. Moshe Rabbeinu, but she, but, but she didn't realize that she was only continuing to stay alive because Moshe was explaining the Torah. And as long as Moshe was alive teaching Torah, then there was a tachlis, there was a purpose for Miriam. You see how that goes around and around? Maybe. Again, a lot of maybes here. The Miraglim, which if you look at the word Miraglim, what do you see? So you see Miriam Gal. Miriam revealed. What did Miriam reveal? So the smich is a parshias between the Lashon Hara of Miriam and the Lashon Hara of the Meraglim by Eretz Yisrael. So maybe because 
Miriam spoke Lashon Hara about Moshe Rabbeinu, that in a certain way brought Lashon Hara into the world, and that gave the koch to the Meraglim to speak Lashon Hara about Eretz Yisrael. You see that a little bit in Chazal. Mm-hmm. And what happened when they spoke Lashon Hara about Eretz Yisrael? They lost Eretz Yisrael, and they had to wander around the desert for 40 years. And during those 40 years that they're wandering around the desert, just waiting to get to Eretz Yisrael, what does Chazal tell us? It's Rashi and the Devarim. Yeah. Moshe Rabbeinu lost his Navu. Right? There's no 38 years recorded in the Torah because there was no Navuas Moshe. There's nothing to talk about because Moshe Rabbeinu didn't have Navu. What's he going to write down? Why was there no 38 years? Why did he lose the Navu? Because the Meragam spoke Lashon Hara. Why did the Meragam speak Lashon Hara? Because Miriam spoke Lashon Hara. So Miriam not only took away Moshe's ability to explain the Torah, she apostled it, but she also took away his Navu, his ability to speak. Because of that Lashonara, that Hishtalashlis. So we see how Moshe needed Miriam and Miriam needed Moshe. And just to end off, there's a, there's a Medrash, I think it's a Medrash, that brings down a similar concept that says, Yisod Nifla. That Turnus Rufus says to Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva, if your God loves your people so much, why do you make poor people? Just give the poor people money. He loves them so much. Give them all the money. Why does he need the wealthy to give to the poor? Just make everybody wealthy. <coughs> so Rikiva said back an answer that is he is sowed utzim. And Rikiva said back to Turnus Rufus, who says that the poor people need us? We need the poor people. Mm. Because if, if the poor people need a Jew to give them money, then this Jew is needed and if he's needed then he gets life but once a Jew is not needed anymore then what's the tachlis so the poor people do need us but we need the poor people Miriam does need Moshe does need Miriam but Miriam also needs Moshe husbands need wives wives need husbands brothers need sisters sisters need brothers everybody in Klai Yisrael needs each other that's how we're, we stay alive and if you understand this this is really an unbelievable way to, to create achdus and avos Yisrael. Because we bet and we all need each other. Nobody is better than anybody else. This is the tikkun for Gaiva, the tikkun for too much covered. Because the second that you're needed to help somebody, to give them money, to help them, to explain something to them, to teach them Torah, then that gives you a kiyam. The moment I was leaving my house tonight, I asked my, I asked my niece to come over to help with the baby so I can come here. And literally, the second I'm leaving the door, she says, you know, I'm happy this worked out because I needed to get out. So I, I needed this. I needed her. And she's telling me that she needed me. I said, oh, that's what we're talking about tonight. Mm. So in this song where he's singing about his sister, there's a lot of lines here. But I want to hear the answers, discover the lost pieces of my puzzle. Because there was something with his sister when his sister passed away, something of him passed away. Because sisters need brothers, even though it was 10 and 12. Brothers need sisters. Why does the rose take flight too soon? I didn't get to this now, but Miriam is actually called a Vered. It's not for now. I'll explain it all later. And then he says, there's another line I wanted to say. Oh, the whole song is dry tears because that's 
when Miriam passed away, everything dried up. The Be'er Shemoyim dried up, so they're dry tears. Moshe Benin was crying dry tears. And we should be zochem, Hashem, that we should understand that just as we help others, we need others. And with that, hopefully we'll, we'll have a, bit, a strong achtas as we come into the summer months when it's, that's the problem, senaschinam, maraglim, which destroyed us. So we come together on a Thursday night, Baruch Hashem, and we should continue to bring together. Amen. Yeah, please, play it again, yeah. <coughs> passes away, Chazal tell us that Moshe Rabbeinu took on the Be'er Shal Miriam, that the Zuchus of the Be'er came back because of Moshe Rabbeinu. And when Aaron passed away, the Zuchus of the Anun came back because of Moshe Rabbeinu. So Moshe Rabbeinu learned how to take that which he got from Miriam, and even if she wasn't alive, he was able to bring it out of himself. The lost puzzle piece was found. Shalbi Zohar, Mitzvah.